0: Uh, It will appear on the screen, but it's on page 946, Romans chapter 10. Let me pray before we read and think about the Bible together. Father, we do want to thank you that uh, the wonderful thing about you is that you are a talkative God. You don't leave us scratching our heads, wandering Uh, how we might get right with you thank you that you tell us and we pray that you help us to learn from the bible tonight that we might delight in you and commend you to others in the name of jesus we pray Amen. amen romans chapter 10 verse 1 brothers my heart's desire and prayer to god for them is that they may be saved now remember paul is talking about the jews For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that a person who does the commandments shall live by them. But the righteousness based on faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, in your heart. That is the word of truth, that the word of faith, For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him? of whom they've never heard. And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. But ask, have they not heard? Indeed they have, for their voice has gone out to all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. But I ask, did Israel not understand? First Moses says, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. And with a foolish nation, I will make you angry. Then Isaiah is so bold as to say, I have been found by those who did not seek me, and I've shown myself to those who did not ask for me. But of Israel, he says, all day long I've held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. Well, lovely to see the children going off to their grips, and we'll stay to study that part of the Bible. And here's the big question, and I want to shock you when I ask it. Not a question, so much as a statement. But the harder you try to be God's friend, the more you become his enemy. Does that shock you? The harder you try to be God's friend, the more you become his enemy. Now you might think that's shocking, well let me tell you, for the Jewish people that would have been very shocking because, well, they had tried very hard to be God's friends, but Paul says it doesn't work. He says in uh, chapter 10 verse 1, my heart did I is for the Jewish nation to be saved for I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God but not according to knowledge. It's a bit like taking your girlfriend, the most expensive bunch of flowers you can, only to find out that she is allergic to them and she'll have nothing more to do with you ever again. What you thought might be a good thing turns out to be the worst. Well, it's not just uh, shock news for Jewish people that the harder you try to be God's friend, the more you become his enemy. Actually, it's a shock for everybody. And because it's a shock, I wanted to try and remember two things from this part of the Bible. First, all religion takes you far from God. Yes, Paul is talking to Jewish people, but what he says applies to every single religious group in the world. See, it's very easy for us to think of religions as if they're all in a line and there's the Jewish religion and right next to it is the next religion and the next religion and they're all in a line. There's a, a variety of choice. But actually, it's far better to see it like this, that the Jewish religion is the world's best, it's the top of the list. If this religion doesn't work and get you close to God, nothing ever will. Because the Jewish religion, if you look at verse 5, is the perfect window into how God wants us to live. The person who does these commandments, the Jewish commandments, will live by them. It's through these laws that God puts in front of people the lifestyle of heaven. So that's why the The Jewish religion is the Rolls-Royce of religions. All the rest are little Skoda equivalents, more or less trying to get to the same place, but in a much worse way. And that Rolls-Royce religion, good as it was, still didn't work because verse 3 gives you three reasons why it doesn't work. First, because it doesn't understand righteousness. It says here, they didn't know, they were ignorant of the righteousness of God. Because but the righteousness of God is something that comes as a free gift, not as a reward for being good. If you think it's a reward that gets you right with God, you haven't understood righteousness properly. Number two reason, they wanted to establish their own righteousness. It's like saying no to the super luxury shirt that God is going to give you because you found a scratchy little bits of cloth in the attic and you're going to make a shirt for yourself. And then thirdly, they did not submit to, the, to God's righteousness. God says only Jesus will make you righteous. They say that's not right, it can be done without him we're not going to go and submit to your way of getting right with you. And all religions make those same mistakes. All religions tell you that the way it works is that God rewards those who try hard. Be a good Muslim and God will reward you. Be a good Catholic and God will reward you. Or even if your religion hasn't got a name, And you just simply think, I'll be a good person and I'll be okay. But ultimately, that is also about reward. It's because I'm a good person that I'll be okay. And all reward religions, that's what religions offer, all reward religions take us away from God because in the middle of them is a pride that says, I can get there. I don't need to be like a beggar Receiving a free gift. I can do this. And that's why Paul prays for their salvation in verse 1. They desperately need saving. Because if you try hard to be God's friend, you end up becoming his enemy. Trying to clock up your own righteousness (coughs) makes you an enemy of God because you're rejecting his. So all religion that tries to therefore work up a level of goodness to get us to God's friendship takes us further away from it every single time. Ramadan will start in two days, I think, and take people further away from God, not closer to him. That's what religion does. Never ever forget that. Number one lesson, all religion takes you far away from God. Number two lesson, God's righteousness is very near to you. That's the overall point that Paul is making from verse 5 onwards. Now you might just think about all this climbing up, diving down. Makes it sound very complicated, but... Actually, what Paul is really doing here is saying, "Look, let me tell you what Moses said in the Old Testament. Let me tell you the people didn't hear what he said properly. Let me tell you what he really meant to tell you." So it sounds in the Old Testament, if you look at verse five, that Moses is saying, "Obey my Lord. Uh, obey, obey the law. Do the commandments." and you can live in heaven that way. So Moses makes it sound like the law is doable. These words are words that Moses wrote in Deuteronomy chapter 30. I won't ask you to look at it now because we haven't got the time, but it makes it sound like God's law is doable. Look, you don't need to go mountaineering and climb up to heaven I'm not asking you to do something impossible like that, nor am I asking you to bungee jump into the abyss and do something dangerous like that. I'm telling you the law is right next to you. You can do it. But here's the problem. If it was that easy to do Moses' law, how come there was absolutely no one that was able to do it? If it was that easy how come no one did and Paul says the clue is in verse 4 verse four says for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes now that is not saying that the law is over you can forget about it what Paul means when he says that the law is the Christ is the end of the law. What he's saying is Christ is the destination of the law. That is where the law wants to take you. The law gives us a standard of perfection um, that uh, ultimately is pointing to Jesus he will do it this level of perfection that the law is talking about it's pointing to someone who's going to come down the track and do all of this just like it says and then the law becomes doable for anyone who asks for that perfect gift of righteousness from jesus that perfect track record of law obedience is yours And all you have to do is ask. That's what Paul says Moses meant when he said no heroics were necessary. You don't need to go up to heaven. Why? Because he has already come. You don't need to dive into the abyss, bring him up, because he has already been resurrected. Therefore, all you've got to do is believe what the apostles tell you about Jesus that he will give you his righteousness as a free gift that's how easy it is the word is right next to you right in front of you the minute you hear what the apostles have said now think of maria and her favorite cups of tea Uh, it's not like saying um go and get your own cup of tea. It's like saying, look, Maria, here is a cup of tea. You don't need to go all the way down to Sri Lanka and pluck the leaves and make it yourself. Or you don't need to go up to the city and buy a tea estate and have it shipped over here. Here's the cup of tea. It's already made for you. It's as simple as taking it and drinking it. And the sign that you believe in your heart that righteousness is just so easy to get hold of is that it'll come out of what you say because we speak what's in our hearts. It's so crazily easy for anyone to be right with God that we long for everyone to have his righteousness. You don't have to believe or belong to rather a religious church club you don't have to be the equivalent of Jewish people today who have had a religious upbringing who have a certain amount of bible knowledge who have a certain amount of moral respectability my friends if you needed all that to be a Christian then Christianity becomes a very elite religion doesn't it only a very few people can put together those qualifications But that's not what it is, because in verse 13 you can see everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You don't need to be clued up about anything. Any single person on this estate is just one prayer away from being saved. It is that easy. So you don't need previous qualifications, but you do need something. As Hannah showed us with her children's lot, you do do need someone to bring that message to you. That's the road that Paul is taking, verses 14 to 17, to call on God. You need to believe Jesus. And if you're going to believe Jesus, you're going to need someone to tell you about it. And so Paul tells us in verse 15 how the prophet Isaiah said that... Those, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. In other words, the feet are the people who go to others. They don't wait for the others to bring their, as it were, to travel on their feet to come to them. They're on their feet going out to others. And what Isaiah is saying is the most beautiful thing you can do is to take news of this righteousness to take news that this righteousness is so easy to get hold of. And the most beautiful thing you can do with your life is to make that righteousness accessible to others. Well, Where was the take-home for us? If you're someone, uh, yes, that's what you do. That's what you say. If uh, you understand and you believe it in your heart, you will be confessing it in your lips so what's to take home for us well first if you're someone who isn't a Christian you can't accuse God of keeping things from you not if you've read verse 18 there's enough communication going on in the world about God to show to make sure no one is in the dark So, if God is just one prayer away from a person being saved, well, what's to stop you asking him to save you? Only please would you notice that we are to call on the name of the Lord. In other words, don't start talking to God as if he was your servant, okay? God you've got some righteousness for me I'll have it now please don't talk to him like that because when you see the word Lord there it means that you're talking to someone greater than you, higher than you and the only reason why we can talk to God and ask him for his righteousness in this way is because of verse 9 where we discover that Jesus is Lord he is uh, the king that verse 9 refers to. That's what Lord means. And it is because he is king that he can be generous with his righteousness for those who are in his kingdom. So what we're asking when we say, Lord, please, will you give me your righteousness? Will you please draw me into your kingdom so I can experience your generosity as my king? That's what it means to call on the name of the Lord to be saved. What happens if you've uh, been around church circles quite a bit? Here's the question. The warning is that it's the churchy people, the Israelites and those who are like them, who've actually lost the plot. It's so easy to think that Bible knowledge, church activity, must mean that we're God's friends. That's what the Jews thought. But verse 19 asks, have you noticed that those who have been spiritually foolish have actually found God in ways that you haven't? Why don't you become like them and start again from square one? Better to do that than carry on with all those kind of religious information that you have that have misled you in the past and will ultimately lead you ending up as God's enemy because you've been trying so hard to be his friend take that as a warning it's the uh, church backgrounds that we have that are more likely to stop us being Christians what if you are a real believer well It's good, I think, to put verse 1 and verse 21, the first verse, the last verse of this chapter together. In other words, to start off by having a heart desire and to pray for people to be saved. That's what Paul starts with in verse 1. But then also to see that the most beautiful thing you can do in your life is to make Jesus accessible to others now we might think that as a church we do that on a sunday afternoon when we go out to visit homes and our estate as well as on a tuesday evening when we go back to that same road and meet the people again who were out but my friends it's not just the little bit of going out and meeting people every now and then that this verse refers to this going out to other people refers to because Think about it we all of us spend our lives with non-christians pretty much all the time the minute we go out of our doors if we live in a christian home we're going to be bumping into our neighbors who aren't christians we're going to be working with people who aren't christians we're going to be playing football playing different ways uh, things with, with people rubbing shoulders with people who aren't christians And we need in those situations all the time, our lifetime operation is to put verses 1 and 21 together. That is to pray and um, have a passion that they become Christians as well as for us to see the most beautiful thing we can do is to bring them into this kingdom and to tell them how easy it is to join. Now, (coughs) those of us who have been Christians some time and we've met people resisting us and the little opportunities that we've had haven't gone anywhere, we might think this is the hardest thing we can do. Why is it that people are just basically stonewalling us? What do we do when that is the case? Well, look at what God does in verse 21. It doesn't stop him, does it? all day long he holds his hands out to a disobedient and contrary people but my friends if god does that then don't say we can't do that because in the end it's not too hard even for them all they have to do is call and if you come back next week You might see that holding your hands out to even disobedient and contrary people will in the end make a difference. But for that you have to wait another seven days and we'll open up chapter 11. In the meantime, let's stop. We'll pray. You pray first. Talk to God about what he is saying to you through this passage. One minute to do that. Then I will pray And then there'll be questions that you might like to ask or comments you might like to make. We'll have those right at the end. But first, a time of quiet while you talk to God. Well, our minute's up, so let me pray. Everyone who calls on the Lord will be saved. Father Almighty, we thank you that it is that easy for us because the Lord Jesus is a very gracious King and gives his righteousness to those who are in his kingdom. Please help us to take it in and please help us to make it known. We pray this for the glory of his name. Amen.